Hello and welcome to the MetaPod, a Pokemon TCG podcast that revolves around the evolving meta. I have, this last week, been uploading, like, all the old episodes to YouTube. Because mm-hmm. um, I've finally gotten around to that. And it is amazing listening to the first, like, 10 episodes. I think I've gotten, like, 13 up. The first 10 episodes, how I could not say... <laughs> that first line of welcome to the metapod of Pokemon TCG podcast that revolves around the evolving meta. Now I can do it like the, like it's nothing. Yeah. That so was, I think the, the running evolution. I think that was the running joke for the first 10 or so episodes is how you would always mess it up and we would have to redo it. And it was, it was a good joke while it lasted, but I think it, it yeah, it was good. It was good. I mean, some of those episodes are real good. Cause like the first 10 episodes, I think we like interviewed Lee B and yeah. Isaiah Bradner and like, there were some <laughs> good videos in there. Because yeah. I, I listened to them again, and I was like, "Wow, these are these are a trip down memory lane." Yeah. So if any of you, say. if any of you watching on YouTube want to know the back catalog, but we're waiting for it to be in video form, uh, not that we will be talking. You won't see. We don't have the technology to create video us at this point. But if YouTube is your preferred platform, uh, check out Jake's YouTube channel. They'll all be there. Once I get all the first 39 episodes, so I have like a playlist of like episodes 40 and beyond because episode 40 is when we started doing video. Um, Once I get one through 39 up, I'll just throw them in that same playlist. Um, But for now, for now, it's a little bit tough to watch them all together. Um, I guess I could maybe make a playlist for one for 39, one through 39 yeah. Or whatever it is. I think yeah. I have it privated right now so that I can easily get to them, but I'll just make it public. Yeah, like like um, the the archives playlist. The archives playlist. Yeah. No video of the Metapod <laughs> podcast, but now we are high and mighty and we're at 49 reviews. Sean. So close. So close. 49 reviews. Holy moly. We got like five or something over the week. Very thankful for that. Thank you all very much for the five star reviews. And as always, if you like the five, if you like the podcast, I like five star reviews. But if you like the podcast, make sure to leave a review, whether it's five stars or one star, even if you don't like it, whatever. As long as you help us out, become a better podcast. Give us some feedback about it. But, uh, at 50, one more review, Sean and I are meeting up at, uh, was it Gen Con? Well, I, you, I don't know if you will be, will be at Gen Con proper, but we, I will be in Indianapolis. Jake can come to Indianapolis, and we can, we can converge, maybe do a, an IRL pod. I, I'll bring the equipment. And, you know, Jake and I did briefly chat, like maybe, maybe some other things. If, if other folks out there in Indianapolis world... Or maybe just going to the event in general. Yeah, or just you know hanging out with us at the event. If you go, Jake, you, you know we can walk the floor, uh, and I can Let's go, and I can impress my partner with like, look, other people know me. Um, look at this, I'm famous. <laughs> so yeah, I'm one so more. loved. Uh, this is very exciting, though. Very exciting. You know what else is exciting, Sean? We got a lot of stuff to talk about today on the podcast. Not only some reminders and some quick little quirks about product and different things. It's actually all about Marnie. Now that I look at it, all both of the things that I wanted to rhyme, remind people are about Marnie, but we also found some new recent news that actually just broke out a couple hours ago. So hopefully we're like the first people talking about it. Maybe, I don't know, Bob, maybe, 
But also the Japan National Championships were over the weekend, which were actually really, really cool, uh, featuring a bunch of cards from Evolving Skies that we'll get to mess around with and play with. So I wanted to go over that a little bit because I think that's kind of exciting. Mm -hmm. And then we have a more serious topic to talk about. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get into the weeds of some of the Twitter drama that happened over the weekend without adding to the fire. I think that's the key, right? This is a a step back kind of look at it more broadly. We're not here to uh, to rile anyone up. I'm not good at putting out fires, Sean. No, I'm a, I'm a true dumpster <laughs> fire. Look at my apartment right now. It's it's true dumpster fire. Boxes everywhere. Nothing is on the walls. I mean, do you know the David Bowie song, Putting Out Fires with Gasoline? Yeah, that's... Yeah, I just like, oh, you know, I needed to get it wet. Yeah. Gasoline. (laughs) That's Uh, me. Do you want to read the first review, though? Before We'll get into all... There's a lot of topics, but do you want to read the review today? I do want to read the review. Came on July 5th from Billy BT Bam. Hey, Gene... Or... Is that I don't know if that's supposed to say Sean, but hey, jeans, just letting you guys know that I'm a fan of your podcast. Glad I found a Pokemon TCG related podcast helps keep me informed on the upcoming news. Keep them jeans high and tight. <laughs> Try it out. Ta-da there. TikTok. I think there's a TikTok reference that neither you or I know. Nope. <laughs> um, I mean, I you- know. I've actually been not present on TikTok the last couple of weeks. I've been I don't know why. I think it's because of my manga that i've been reading i've been reading a lot more manga lately like every single night and so that's like replaced my tiktok time oh crazy yeah i was gonna say like jake you're the one i watch tiktok but like i'm not really deep into the pokey talk scene the pokey tiktok scene so actually fun fact tiktok is the one place where i do not consume pokemon content i'm just here for the i'm just here for the funny vids (laughs) <laughs> I'm, yeah videos. i'm here to get a laugh and real not realize that i've just spent an hour scrolling <laughs> on the for you page yes you're like oh man i should get out of bed oh boy but thank you again so much for the five star review again super close sean we're a 4.9 mm-hmm. out of five star ratings with 49 reviews that's Inception. right it's just 49 4.9 it's you know it, it, it's it, it we're so close we're so close We're so close to 50. Then we'll be working our way to 100. We'll think of something. I don't know. Big set first edition booster box break at 100 reviews. (laughs) No. No. We would have to. Sean's paying for the whole (laughs) thing because I can't. Oh, no. No, no, no. I mean, if I had the Logan Paul mindset, I'd be like, yo, if we get out to like 100 five-star reviews and get to like 100,000 downloads an episode, we'll totally crack a box and we'll give away one first edition. No, I'm not. I'm not here for that. I'm. That's not the kind of Pokemon community I like. You know what I'm here for, though, Sean? I am here for good quality Pokemon trading card game products, both online and and in person so just a quick kind of product updates i've said actually this one the last couple weeks but the uh, marnie premium tournament collection box is coming out august 6th this is another reminder about that i mean, i'm i'm so excited about this sean that like I'm every week gonna mention it every week <laughs> i mean it's like you get a full art marnie right mm-hmm. full art marnie that was in the the shiny star v mm-hmm. you get the like the signature signed, marnie. cool looking card marnie which is a beautiful card 
as well. And for, for 40 bucks, you know, that Marnie full art alone is probably going to be 40 bucks. So considering Marnie's one of the best cards <laughs> in the game. Yeah. I mean, if you can but get your hands on the, four of those boxes, now that's, then you have a play set. I can't Ooh. do that. I can't, I can't spend a hundred and $160 on Marnie's. I can't, I can't spend $160 uh, just for those Marnie's as beautiful as they are. I just, I just need one. You got to save the money for Nessa. Clearly. <laughs> yeah. Clearly. I, I also didn't jump on those raffles for the Nessa. You're going to have to go to eBay. You're going to have to eBay it. I'm I hoping mean, that it's fine. It I'm hoping that it'll work out. I think you'll be okay. It's not a full art, which could so. be the saving grace for you. If it was a full art, yeah. I would say, just, Jake, resign yourself to never having this card. You know what card you can have, though, for free mm. on PTCGO during the Players' Cup 4, during the regional finals, I think it was, that was going on. As they've been doing, the Pokemon Company has been giving out full art supporters for these like players cup tournaments and stuff like that. They gave out bosses orders before pro professors research some of the best cards in the game. And this time around, they gave out a Marnie Marnie full art. So if you want yours, go to PTCGO right now, open it up or whenever you can and type in PC, the number four PC for your choice. Y O U R C H O I C E. Yes. E for PC for your choice. Um, it's by either July 26th or the first 50,000 people redeemed. I don't believe the first two ever made it to no. that 50,000 mark. So I don't think you have to worry about it like running out. Just get it done now. So then you don't ever have to worry about it again. You know, yeah. This is your reminder to do that, Sean. Uh, you you, you say this to me? No, I have not done it. I'm going to, I'm going to say something that is, uh, might make some listeners, uh, upset. I haven't opened PTCGO in like a month or two, at least. I've been I've been playing it. I haven't been playing it every day. Um, I'm just a little bit too busy for that right now. I haven't been playing it every day, but like I've been playing the new Catterday deck that's been popping up. Okay. I've been playing the Catterday. It's so fun. I think I'm going to take it to locals next week. Now, does that reply, really easy to build? What What are the two main attackers in that? Is that really like Esper and Glammeow? I want to say. So it's Esper is kind of your bench Cleanup. main attacker. Yeah. All right. You have the Rallid that it's kind of like a box in a sense. Like you have mm. the Rallid that is able to do 60 straight up to the bench. You have a Litten for like your uh, like Luke Metal or Zashin matchups to get mm. a quick 120 on. Nice. Or even if you just need a quick 60. Um, and then you have Inteleons, the the Chilling the, Rain Inteleons that oh, help the, you get the pings everywhere. Yes. Yes. For the Esper effect. I was going to say, the reason I ask is because that was the first deck I ever built was a Catterday deck, 2019. Really? Yeah. Because I was like, oh, this looks fun. It's cheap. I got absolutely whomped at locals because everybody at my locals at the time, like, you know, oh, Picaram is so great. Oh, Reshazard was so good when I started. But, you know, everybody at my locals is like, yeah, I'm going to play Wheezing. Damage like, like, like single prize or wheezing, Coco wheezing. Right, I'm just like sing, you're playing single. Uh, I just got stomped by a bunch of single prize decks at the at my locals, and I'm like, well, can't play this anymore. It's just like I'm kind of restricted to what I can build as of right mm -hmm. now, but it'll pretty much be my last weekend in Indianapolis, so I really want to go um, hang out with them and 
and just kind of like, well, not necessarily say goodbye. I'm only going to be an hour and a half away. So like for cups and challenges, I'll drive down there, but, um, yeah, pretty much for the local weekly thing, I'll have to find a different place. <sighs> and that makes me tough. sad, Sean. I know. Um, well, do we want to get into some of the news here? Nope. Um, there's a there's some trademark news, Jake, that you shared with me. So earlier today, Pokemon TCG new trademarks had been filed titled Battle Legion and Star Birth. We don't exactly know what the second one is. We know it's Star Something. Um, but from what I've seen so far, Star Birth is what people are landing on. Um, but either way, it'll be some correlation to that. This is off of pokebeach.com specifically. Um, we've seen these trademarks pop up before. Like, I believe Battle Styles, the two Battle Style sets, we saw the trademarks and we mm -hmm. talked about way back in the day. So um, a lot of people are thinking that this is going to be related towards, you know, in the back half of the year of 2021 and then the early half of the year of 2022. Um, the video games are going to be releasing remakes of Diamond and Pearl, Brilliant Diamond, Shining Pearl. And then also in 2022, early Legends Arceus mm -hmm. is also going to be a new game that pops up. So people, a lot of people are thinking that these are going to be correlated with those two video games. It'll be interesting. Still haven't seen VMAX Climax yet or V-Star. I can't believe VMAX Climax is a, is a <laughs> thing. But I mean, we've seen V-Union. Um, so I, I uh, what, but a lot of people are also saying as Pokey beach says they're at the bottom V star might be something that is in star birth because we know that star is mm. part of the name. Um, the birth is the one that's kind of in question, but with star birth and then V star, it seems like they might be related, Sean. I don't know. Yeah. And then I, Battle Legion, you know, you think of like Battle Tower, Battle Frontier, you get to the top, the climax, the final battle, Battle Legion. I don't know. It sounds like another thing for that. I don't. The Battle Legion one is weird because like to me, like I'm like, I, it doesn't evoke as obvious of a connection for me in something like, but I do think that the, um, uh, the connection to the Pokemon Legends game, it could be a really interesting like, Cross promos may be a little strong, but like there's clearly some timing there that might match up. The V Star, though, it sounds like it could almost be you know how we had amazing rares and we had prism stars, and it seems like amazing rares are like, okay, we're done with that, right? Yeah, they, they scrapped just, that already. We're it's just for like three sets. Uh, out. And maybe V Star will be a, a kind of prism star for two prizers because that's something we actually haven't seen um at least in the time that we've been playing maybe it existed in an earlier era where you had you know multi-prize pokemon that you could only run one of in a deck um so that wouldn't surprise me if that if there was maybe some sort of a rebirth of a prism star mechanic but on a two prize pokemon um that also kind of is in line with the fact that they've reprinted some abilities in two prizers rather than one prizers, Cricketune being a good example of that. So like, yeah, maybe there'll be like these super powerful one ofs that you can put in the deck, but instead of being like single prize prism stars, they're like 
two prizers. I don't know. That could be interesting. I think like also Prism Stars got really good reception from people. I think mm-hmm. a lot of people really like the Prism Stars um, and the different ones that they produce, except Beast Energy on TCGO, which I believe was bugged <laughs> it was, for like it was bugged for a long time. Yeah, months and months and then banned. So um, hopefully there's no problems. I think personally, TPCI has been a lot better at fixing these bugs. Hmm. Um, Again, just file support tickets if you ever see a bug. But I looked up the word Legion, Sean, because I'm going to be honest, I didn't know what Legion meant. A unit of 3,000 to 6,000 men in the ancient Roman army. Basically, a lot of people in a group. Yeah, what a Legion is. (laughs) <laughs> for anyone who doesn't know i'm gonna just say i am not the smartest person to ever walk this earth sean <laughs> but you know who is smarter than i am mm. all these people at the japan national championships get us getting like a very very nice first glimpse at the oh my god i hate that you're in light mode on twitter <laughs> oh stop being a heathen <laughs> but anyways um I just lost my train of thought because <laughs> you saw me in light mode happening this past weekend. Um, a, a Shadow Rider, Cali Rex and Al Kremi VMAX winning the entire event. A, just barely under 1300 players. You had nine best of one Swiss rounds followed by best of three top 64 cut. And this honestly was super, super fun to watch. There was a lot of great stuff in this. A lot of cool decks that were showcased. Um, Obviously, Shadow Rider Calyrex, a good deck, Sean. It's it's very good. It's here to stay. Um, just similar how it is over here in the rest of the world in standard. You have Mewtwo, Umbreon winning. Umbreon, for those of you that don't know, when you evolve the V into a VMAX, it basically does boss's orders. Mm-hmm. It's a gust up a Pokemon with the ability, and that's mainly what it's used for. Um, for if you see it around and then just a multitude of other decks. I think this is actually like a pretty decent variety of decks in the top 32, Sean. At this point, we don't know all of the decks as of yet, um, but we know 30, or I'm sorry, we know 28 of the 32 spots. So that gives us a pretty like cohesive list of uh, people. But Sean, looking at this, looking at this, what is your first impression? Um, Besides Cali Rex being good. Well, I mean, there's a couple of things. Uh, obviously, this is pre-rotation, so you still have tag teams like ADPZ, right? Um, Mewtwo and Mew. Um, outside of that, though, there's actually not a ton of GX representation here, honestly. Like, it's, it's you know, outside of the obvious ADP, and the it looks like there's a, it's basically a lone Mewtwo deck that got second place, which is a little surprising. It's a pretty good, mostly post-rotation kind of look at things, um, at least for the main Pokemon archetypes. The other thing... If you go down a little bit, if you go down a little bit to the reply, there is a list of cards that are not open, like, in the format that they played in. So you see, like, Metal Goggles, Dangerous mm-hmm. Drill, that, that Tapu Koko Prism Star, very yeah. popular, the Yvatol, Jirachi... Uh, Incineroar, um, and those are pretty much the most notable ones, in my opinion. But also, like, another thing to say is if you go back up a little bit, mm-hmm. um, there are cards that we're not going to get. So I don't think Gengar VMAX was in the uh, top 32 
but we won't have Gengar VMAX in Evolving Skies. We won't have Inteleon VMAX mm -hmm. in Evolving Skies, uh, just because I think those are going to be like promos. promos. Yep. For what I what I think we assumed here on the podcast was like that level three mm -hmm. battle arena deck thing is going to be like two VMAX decks. I mean, I will say like they'll probably come out sometime around there, right? It'll probably be like with yeah, a but few it's weeks. not it's not going to be in the yes. set specifically. I mean, but, the, the other thing that stands out, and I think this is important for people to remember when talk when looking at Japanese tournaments, is as you can see here, nine best of one Swiss rounds, and then there is a best of three top sixty four cut. So the top sixty four is best of three, but. The fact that it's nine best of one to start with, I think that that might favor certain kinds of decks over others. And the one I'm talking about specifically is they mentioned no Eternatus or Rayquaza, right? I think the fact that there's no Eternatus, um, I, you know, I, I just don't know if maybe the deck is so linear that it's kind of fallen out of fashion in Japan. I, I don't know. I don't follow the Japanese meta enough. I just think that Eternatus can be clunky at times. I mean, yeah. if we if we look at a lot of the Eternatus decks that do well, at least in like our online format, it's usually like pretty linear mm -hmm. Eternatus decks, and maybe just with um, maybe just with the introduction of like Umbreon Vmax, you know, it might just be a little bit too much, and people went a little bit too crazy with the stuff and in their deck. And there's so many hard counters to Eternatus in what what is it? Um, Zapdos. You have Urshifu, the Rapid Strike Urshifu, which that, is very uh, good. You have that Belelba, or not Belelba. You have like Sabrina and Bryson Man, or something like that. Um, no, wait, that just helps ADP. Never mind, never mind. No, Forget but, that statement. But I mean, the point is, there's a there's a few like hard counters, and I also think that the the fact that Path to the Peak exists now, that also is a bit of a counter. If if Eternatus somehow doesn't have enough draw to get an you know a, a stadium for themselves. I think all of that combined make it probably not a good choice in a best of one format especially because you just need one bad, you know, if you lose two in a nine best of one out of 1300 players, I wonder if two losses actually means you are on the bubble for top 64. You might be, right? Just two or three best of one losses and I think that might be what keeps Eternatus out. And then for Rayquaza, I do wonder like if Rayquaza, if we look down here for the juniors division, which is like, you know, don't read too much into it. Rayquaza did win the juniors, juniors division. Um, but the highest placing was 67th in masters, which means that it did not make top 64 cut, which says to me that maybe Rayquaza is not as either figured out as a deck. Um, it could either be not figured out currently it could be a bad deck for a best of one format because it is kind of a weird energy requirement, right? Fire and lightning. Um, they don't have, well, we won't have Tapu Koko when it comes out either, but the idea that you need to like get flappies up and you need to like accelerate the fire energy with maybe something like um, Rose. And I think it can be clunky enough that in a best of one format, it will lose more often than it wins. Um, I don't know. That's the biggest surprise, which they mention up here. But I just want to point out the best of one for the first nine rounds. Yeah, and I don't think I mentioned this at the beginning, but this is all information presented by Nallerton on Twitter for those of you who didn't tell by like us going through this thread. So shout out to Nallerton. They do a lot of statistical stuff. Uh, I love following them on Twitter. But my biggest surprise, in my opinion, is the amount of like variety that Suicune is in. <laughs> yeah. 
I didn't hear. I I mean, when I first saw Suicune being played, I on the stream. I I had no idea. I was like, I don't even know what this Suicune does. Like, I don't even know. Like, what is this used for? What is this deck? And now you see Suicune with the uh, Ice Rider Calyrex. You have the ADP. It's partnered with ADP. It's with Altaria. It's with Colo. So just like the variety that you can do things with that deck is like really cool in my opinion. So Jake, for those of us, myself included, who aren't very familiar with Suicune, what, what does Suicune do? Uh, Pulling it up now. Suicune <laughs> V. Let me, oh I, boy, I don't really know what Suicune V does. Skyscraping Perfect, the ability Swift Runner. Um, I believe the ability, it accelerates an energy, a water energy from the discard. But then the attack of Water Colorless, 20 plus, 20 more damage for each bench Pokemon in play, both you and your opponent. So that right there, like Eternatus counter, right? Yeah, that's a good, because like if, if they have a full bench, what would that be? Eight Pokemon. So you're doing 160 plus 20, um, 180. But I mean, 180 is not really not great. Yeah, but you include you include your bench and their bench. Okay. And so like when you when you look at things like um it's just draw, ADP, you know it's draw a card. Once during your turn if this Pokemon is in the active spot, you may use this ability oh, it's to draw, draw a card. card. I thought it was accelerated energy. That's my apology. Oh oh 20 more damage for each bench Pokemon, yours and your opponents. That's a yeah, huge did I, not, did I not say that clearly? You may I'm have sorry. and I maybe didn't hear it. Okay, that's huge. Okay. But yeah, I mean I think it's I think it's very interesting. And so like a lot of people have been talking about the Ludicolo. Right, the Ludicolo that ups damage mm -hmm. for your active Pokemon's attacks. You know, people talking about putting it with Zacian. I think um, some people talked about putting it with Magikarp, being able to do an absurd amount of damage with a single Magikarp attack or something like that. Mm -hmm. I don't remember. This is a good meme. Um, but like, it's so interesting to see like all of these decks that utilize water energy um, be able to work out with it. I think it's. I think it's a sweet. I think it's a sweet card. Yeah, I mean, and that's... plus, like, everybody's filling up their bench anyways in this format. Yeah. So, like, it, it works. You get consistent damage, I feel like. Well, you think about it, right? Like, everyone's hype on Zacian, right? Zacian V, for obvious reasons, right? It does have a good ability that's great in the early game. You can use Metal Saucer, and it does 230 straight up. But if both players have a full bench, and it's not even an Eternatus match, you're doing 220 damage for two energy. That... That's really gross. 220 for two is really gross. And you add in ADP and now you're doing 250 or, you know, any number of other shenanigans, Leon's, I don't know. But I think like that's one of the things that water has seemed to lack a lot, at least in the time that I've played, which is a good basic, like two prize basic attacker that's doing 200 plus damage every turn, right? Even, even Ice Rider, Calyrex, it can do 250, but you have to discard all of the energy on it to do yeah, that. Yeah, but with something like Melanie in the format, you know, sure. the introduction of Melody, that's like that's what surged Ice Rider as a great deck. Yeah. As of right now, I believe I'm sure like we don't have access to these deck lists, I don't think, right now, unless people are posting them on Twitter, you know, after the event. But I I would be astounded if these decks specifically like Shadow or I'm sorry, Ice Rider Calyrex, um, 
and at least maybe the Ludicolo deck were playing Melanie's. The Altaria one, I'm not sure because Altaria and then ADP, you know, ADP just does the one thing that accelerates energies up the wazoo. But like, I, I do think it's nice because that, if you think about Ice Rider today, who is the other attacker in Ice Rider Calyrex in the current format uh, in English? Uh, nothing. Nothing, nothing. So your prize trade is actually trash because you're like, your opponent can look at you and say, okay, I can just knock out two Ice Riders and I win. That's the perfect six prizes. And the way that you win a lot of games in Pokemon is like finding the most efficient way to take all your prizes. So throwing in a good two prizer that throws the math off and it basically makes your opponent take eight prizes potentially to win, that's huge. And so, yeah, I, I'm glad that you pointed out the, the Suicune sort of finding its way into all of these little decks here and there. I think it's going to be one of those things that, like, you can buy. And think about it, too. Like, Suicune is almost like a good counter to Zacian because the... Oh, it's the, only... A especially in, like, the Calyrex build, Suicune's not weak. I mean, it does still get KO'd by Brave Blade, right? Yes. But with your Zacian decks for, like, against Luke Metal, let's say. Luke Metal, a popular deck in both here and in Japan. Um... Like if you're Ice Rider Calyrex without the Suicune, like you said, you you're only Ice Rider Calyrex. You get one shot pretty easily by Zacian because of that weakness. Yeah. Assuming that you're not playing weakness guard, which I don't know a lot of people that are. Um, so with the Suicune here, that gives you that flexibility to do other things, <laughs> you know, to not yeah. be hip for weakness at least and give up three prizes. Like if you're going to get one shot, I'd rather give up two prizes than three. Yeah, and you can set up knockouts depending. I mean, it's a little tough with Mallow and Lana, but once that rotates, which, you know, important to remember, we talk about all these cards that are going to be rotating, but Mallow and Lana also will be rotating, which I am very excited for because that is annoying to play against. <laughs> I just can't wait for the Mallow and Lana full art to drop in price. Oh, yeah, yeah. Get that. <laughs> the, the actual playability tax is gone. Yeah. Which is not going to be a lot because the full art support has skyrocketed. <laughs> but, anyways, I think this is a really cool list to look at. Um, the the single strike, or I'm sorry, the rapid strike box with the we've showed it before, like the Sylveon and the Urshifu. Cool mm -hmm. deck, did pretty well, I would say. You know, had multiple appearances in the top 32, three of them to be exact, I think. So, it some cool stuff going on here in japan and again this is kind of raw format I, you mean it's gonna change a little bit it's not gonna look this exact way once it comes to the rest of the world you know some things are different some cards are different stuff like that but um it's really cool to get a glimpse of these especially if you want to like eye on some decks for maybe uh for maybe when evolving skies releases i mean post rotation is gonna throw some things through sure yeah. Um, but we'll have like four weeks of chaos yeah. with evolving skies and standard. Well, and I will say the benefit here is clearly Duraludon VMAX is trash. So, <laughs> uh, not entirely. I, I mean, it's not super present in the top 32, but I actually saw it do pretty all right in some of the games because Duraludon VMAX has that ability of special energies can't hit you. Mm. And so you look at a lot of these like rapid strike boxes, you That's know, they fair. play the rapid strike energy or you play like Altaria that has like captures or something or yeah. um, 
There's a couple. I mean, Duralin on VMAX, in my opinion, is going to be one of those decks that's like, if you feel like it's good for the meta around you, you could probably win like a League Cup or something. Yeah, I mean, I guess the reason I mention that is because Alcremi being weak to metal, but clearly, I, I think that if you're going to pick up cards right now of all of the cards that will be around post-rotation, it feels like Alcremi is one of them, the VMAX, that it probably isn't crazy expensive right now. Um, I'm talking about physical cards. I'm not talking about online. Um, yeah, I'm looking. Alcremi VMAX is, the, the secret rare Alcremi VMAX is less than $4, but the... Uh, the regular VMAX is 467 so you could actually get a blinged-out playset of Alcremi VMAX for cheaper than a regular playset. I mean, that's that's what I'm saying. Like, clearly, it's it's a really good partner for Shadow Rider. Like, I'm looking at all the Shadow Rider decks here. None of them, all of them, are running Alcremi VMAX as the partner. Because, you know, we lose... I mean... We lose Gun Guard it's not bad. It's not bad. Yeah. You, you basically can use it to just knock out any dark Pokemon. Yeah. And not have to worry about being one shot. So, yeah, I, I think that would be what I would take away from this of all things. Like, what can I buy today that will have some real longevity that's also not wicked expensive today? And uh, Creamy Max might be your might be your best bet. I think it's cool. Also, Malamar Rapid Strike VMAX down there, top 16. Nice. Shout out to, <laughs> I, I'm so sorry. I still don't know how to pronounce your name. Tony Tion Lay. Tony Tion Lay. Lay. Um, that's them playing the Malamar Rapid Strike VMAX. And as soon as they, or not Rapid Strike VMAX, just Rapid Strike, as soon as they hit top 16, they dropped and went and got their vaccine. So shout out to you for <laughs> keeping the world safe. Um, if you made top 16, you got your day two worlds invite, oh, I believe. Wow. So that's all that they were chasing. That's huge. Um, <clears throat> that's huge. Yeah, it's really, really cool. Um. <clears throat> what do we what, what what's next on the okay now we're getting into the part of the episode that is the um more uh reserved part that jake and i were talking about earlier the part that makes me nervous <laughs> makes you nervous okay let's see um i'm gonna go let's see if we can find the okay there's a couple of things that we wanted to talk about um and i think mostly it boils down to the expectations that are placed on tournament organizers in online events versus IRL play. <clears throat> and this is really to say like, it's not about any individual, but I do think that like we need to, as a community decide the standards that we want to hold these people to, right? Should we hold them to standards of IRL or should we see online events as kind of being their own little thing you know, and they're not going to be held to quite the same standard. But then if you don't hold them to the same standard, you can't expect the same, you know, things of them. Um, I, I'm not making a judgment on what we should do right now. I think we'll talk about these two examples. And then, Jake, you and I can sort of, you know, just chat about our thoughts. Um, but the first example is going to be the Master Cup events. Jake, do you want to give a brief explanation of the drama around this? So the Masters Cup events, uh, there's a person that runs the Masters Cup. I've never heard of this series prior to seeing this on Twitter. Um, but 
as usual with a lot of these events, you pay an entry of like one or two packs of the latest set, which as of right now is Chilling Rain. And this person, Muhammad, they won a Masters Cup event, paying an entry fee of Chilling Rain. And Sean, if you want to enlarge the picture of the trade, um, they were sent as prizing for winning the tournament, one Shining Fates, five Vivid Voltage, one Forbidden Light, and three Evolutions. Literally trash. Absolutely trash for winning the tournament when the prize entry is Chilling Rain. Also, I don't know if the other pictures maybe showcase a little bit more, Sean, but it was brought up by, you know, um, it was brought up by the people on Twitter. I think there might be some more tweets. Also, 626 notifications. Wow, that's a lot on Discord. <laughs> I mean, but, don't look at my Discord. <laughs> uh, but a lot of the there were some other tweets that came out about this organizer who actually like cracks the prize packs to make a profit for themselves, you know, pulling cards out of there and then trading it for more packs or whatever. And a lot of people are mad about this and I do not blame them. I think Sarah Daughtry, I think that's how you say their last name. Um, I think put it really well how there's like it's almost like an unspoken rule of that when you do prizing and when you do you know entry fees you do the latest set right yeah. especially when you're like you want to have your entry fee and your prizings match pretty much right or else you well like a scumbag well i mean because the 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 implication is that the entry fee is going towards the prize pool Right. Exactly. And that that then the prize pool is typically divided out in such a way that it's like, OK, well, based on how many people participate, you know, for the smaller events, especially that's how many prizes we'll give out. So if, you know, if we get 100 packs in, the winner will get 50 of those 100 and then second we'll get 30 of those 100 and so on and so forth. Um, you know, and that's I what's implied. I think what a lot of this boils down to, and I think what a lot of people need to take away from this is one, you see this, you don't agree with this. Here's the easiest thing to do. Don't participate in their events. Yeah. How many events are there going on every single night on play limitless? You can find another event, right? I'm pretty sure I've seen recently a series. I, I think it's from triple carry tournaments, I think is what it's called. They've been doing a bunch of tropical beach reward tournaments and they only get like 40 people in these tournaments. That's not bad. That's, I mean, that's pretty, if you want to jump in that, like you got a pretty a one okay 40. shot. I feel like, I mean, the people who win are usually like names that I've heard of, but either way, if you don't like what this person's doing, don't join their events. And I think a line is going to be said, like can be implied with that in the next example as well. If you don't like what they're doing, just don't play in the event. Yeah. And what That's I will what this say, all comes down to. What I will say is that technically, this is one of those like, technically the TO wasn't lying in that the pricing did say 10 packs, not 10 chilling rain packs. And I'm yes. like, that's like making an order off of wish.com and you get a very tiny version of the thing that you ordered. Do you know, you know the, the things I'm talking about, Jay? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you're like, well, technically it is the thing, and it didn't ever say how large it was. And I'm like, yeah, but like, 
My it's dude. one of those things like if you're going by the book, strictly by the book, they're they're scotch free, right? Yeah. They they weren't lying, they didn't do anything wrong. But like ethically and morally, this is scummy. <laughs> yeah, like nobody nobody wants to compete for old packs that aren't really worth as much as the two that you put in. All that said, too, I will say running a tournament is not easy work. So if that's how this person justifies to themselves and anyone else who helps them, like the payment for running the tournament, you know, <clears throat> I still think it's not right because it's the implication is that you will always get the latest set packs. Unless you say you will not get the latest set packs. People will mm -hmm. always expect that. And like giving anything other than that is just kind of like, come on, you know, you know, people were confused by that. So like, don't be like that. Shame, shame. Please. Please be better if you're a tournament organizer. Um, but another one that we kind of want to go over for anyone who didn't see, um, Sander Wat Wat Wadchick Wat. I mean, I still don't know how to say your this, name. God, this I'm is so bad at Jake's, pronouncing names, Sean. Jake's Jake's Poke Pokemon TCG Bay Sander. Yeah, my my idol, right? The yeah. control man himself, the 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 control wonder. Um. There was a discrepancy in the chill TCG tournament where their opponent, Sanders opponent said, Hey, um, they've, they're slow playing me. Mm -hmm. Right. And no, no, I mean, Luis is Luis Ruiz. I've heard a lot of issues about, I don't know them personally, but I've heard issues time and time again from them. So this doesn't surprise me that they're trying to debate out a win. But the response in the justification of slow playing was that there was a 10 minute timer difference, mm -hmm. which a lot of people can read the comments are infuriated about, including myself. Um, if you're playing ADP versus control, control has way more actions. Control takes a lot more time in itself. Mm -hmm. Sander is one of the best control players in the world. You know, they, they got like 150 points or whatever for players cup qualifier playing control. That's absurd in those tournaments. I, when your opponent is just draw passing yeah, and you are doing block things, it takes a lot of time. Of course, there's going to be a big timer difference. And I think Personally, a lot of how this has been handled is for from beginning, which is the screenshots to the end, which is we'll get to that in yeah. a minute. But um, yeah, I think this one is there's a there's a few levels for this one um, that have come up in the past. And I think, you know, if you've been following the especially Twitter, pokey Twitter, which I would not say is necessarily the healthiest part of Twitter. But if you're part of the TCG world, you, you see a lot of it. But, you know, there have been a variety of different um, judging errors, I would say, uh, for till, chill TCG in the past. Now, I think that judging errors by themselves are not anything to be totally surprised by, especially if you're running events for 400-plus people online every week like you're always going to have issues so i don't want to discount the um the and plus challenge. whenever there's whenever there's a a judging error mm. or there's a mistake that was made 
you know, especially when you're the biggest tournament organizer on the platform, yeah, probably going to get the most attention. True. Right? You're probably going to have the most people talking about it because you are the biggest entity per se yeah. making tournaments. Um, but I think the, the thing that I think a lot of people are starting to get, you know, frustrated by, um, whether it's chill or any other large organizer is that generally speaking, there seems to be with many organizers, um, uh, I say many, not all, um, a lack of accountability from week to week, month to month, tourney to tourney, where like there might be an issue and then there's some Twitter drama around it. And, um, there've also been like some messages that, Jake and I have seen uh, that have been shared like sort of in DMs or private messages that are also like, as attorney organizer, you probably shouldn't be saying these things about your players, right? Like when you become a, a figure in the community that has given yourself this level of responsibility, you now like have to take, you know, accountability for that. Like whether or not like, and that means like when you have private DMs with people even, like knowing that like, you know, if you're talking about players in your tournament or sometimes even not players in your tournament, even though even as awful as that may sound to be like, oh, you can't just talk as a normal human being with other people in DMs. Uh, that's something you always got to keep in the back of your mind. If you become a personality and, you know, maybe one day this will bite me in the ass or bite Jake in the ass. I hope it doesn't. I hope, you know, but that's the reality. If you take on a persona for yourself that is public facing, you you can't, you know, have those types of conversations anymore. And if you make judging mistakes, you can apologize, but you actually have to make changes over time and you can't make the same mistakes. And that, that goes for any TO. This is not, you know, we're not here to bash on, you know, Maddie from Chill at all. Um, but I think, you know, criticism is fair. <laughs> I just hate seeing an apology twit longer or screenshot every other week i mean yeah i get it mistakes happen everybody makes mistakes one i don't think regardless of who you are you should be talking smack about anybody i don't care sure. if it's a notable player i don't care if it's a person who just started playing that's their first tournament with you like sander i have not i've i like sander is very kind on twitter from what i've seen i don't know them personally but like especially the screenshot that I saw someone post of a DM that Maddie had sent talking about Sander, which I don't know if we want to show it. Um, but it was like, why would you ever say that? <laughs> like, yeah. why, what is the point of saying those being words. <laughs> rude? Like, yeah, it's just like, it's, it's being a human being. Like, I, I don't know, you know, some people like, I don't like, okay. Um, I don't even like have an example. It's just like, <laughs> it almost just feels like Sean, like just, if you have nothing nice to say, don't say anything at all. Wow. That, that's the phrase that I was looking for. Yeah. And it's like, again, like you said, like you're a notable figure, like you literally have four and a half thousand people on YouTube. You know, you're the biggest tournament organizer on the platform. A lot of what you say is going, you're always going to have people that are mad, right? You're yeah. for literally everything that you do. You're always going to have people that are mad. That's just what it is with becoming bigger and bigger, whether that's a content creator, 
or whether that's a, a person of notoriety of some sort, you know, and I get it. I think Robin Schultz summarized this best when coming in a conversation between several people about this topic. If getting a judge call wrong every once in a while did outweigh the pros of providing a tournament series that a lot of people enjoy, then we'd have no tournaments ever, neither online or official ones, IRL. I think that's a really good point of like mistakes happen. All right. They're not avoidable. A reminder also that this is not official Pokemon stuff. So a lot of people are just doing this out of their spare time and just doing it because they can. Nobody's perfect, but like, holy moly. I, I, the one thing I'll say to that, and I will say Robin has probably done more for the online tournament scene, uh, him and the, the crew at Limitless than anyone. So oh, yeah, I would agree. You know, I, I will say though, I'll, I'll put a little caveat to that though, of like, it's okay to give people benefits of the doubt, IRL, online, sanctioned, unsanctioned, like, but there does come a point at which a number of mistakes can occur that you're like, Maybe this one organizer either needs to demonstrate that they have learned and are changing because somebody else said, oh, well, like, you know, we don't want to lose the biggest event. I think somebody else in the comment thread was like, you know, we don't want to lose the biggest event that's happening. Look, I mean, to be honest, they would just, the people would just go to the different thousand events. Right. Like it's it goes back to the original statement of like, if you don't like what's going on. Don't play in those events. Yeah. There are plenty others. I, I mean, just I know it's like a very short window of time, but think back to the beginning of the pandemic. Who were the biggest event organizers? You had the Sunday Open, right? And then you had Hexter events. And and Chill TCG didn't start running events. Maddie didn't start running events for at least like three months, maybe four months into the pandemic. So it was, um, or at least the events didn't take off to the degree they, they have. Um, so the idea that like any event is like this huge thing that's not replaceable is just not true. Um, and I think that's something for every organizer, big and small, to keep in mind. It's like there's always room to improve, uh, and no one is above criticism or, or, you know. I mean, I'm just going to say this. I don't see Neil Pye every other week, you know, putting out an apology tweet. I see Neil <laughs> right. Pye ripping up cards and giving them away every other week. I <laughs> think that's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, that obviously has a lot to do with, like, Neil Pye also, I don't think, is, like, the head judge for their events. He's the TO, but he relies on other judges. Yeah, but like I also experience. like in the time we've said that Limitless has done way more than anybody. You know, Limitless yeah. has done so much in so long. I also don't think they've had the the level of stuff. Like this is the I'm 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 out. I'm done with it. Like yeah. I'm tired of it. No, I, I'm tired I think of seeing fair. it all the time. I I think that's absolutely fair. Um, so yeah, that's so. Point being for all of this is that I think the main thing I wanted to say is anyone who goes into running events on Limitless, because now, you know, ostensibly anyone can go contact Limitless and say, hey, I want to run tournaments. That's great. We did it. Yeah, we did it. And we should do more. Or you did it. I didn't well, do it. You did it. But we should we should do more. And I have run many events for Digimon too, right? Running events is a lot of work. I think that should be recognized. Finding good judges can be hard especially in Pokemon where you have people who have actually been qualified to judge. All of that said, though, if you do choose to run those events, it's not, I don't also want to give everyone a pass of like, oh, it's from the good of their own heart or whatever, like kind of, but like clearly. You have to understand that like if you do something, you need to own it 
Yeah. You need to take those consequences and you don't need to be blocking every single person on Twitter that disagrees or wants to question why you're exchanging these DMs or like why you're making these horrible calls. Because honestly, that's also a horrible behavior in my opinion. This is my statement, not mm. Sean's. I mean, whether or not you choose to block people on Twitter, I think sometimes social media centric drama, like how people use their platforms, like sometimes I'm like, ah, that's, I, I don't want to get into that because that's just unnecessary drama. It's not really about people's actions as much as it is. It's just like, but like it doesn't we're not look in middle good. school here. Yeah, it doesn't look good. But I guess my point is like, if you're going to run these events, be prepared to make mistakes, be prepared to take accountability for those accountability for those mistakes and be prepared if you don't feel like you can do the attorneys properly whatever scale whether it's 20 people or 200 people to just say you know what this isn't for me and walk away and i'm not telling maddie i'm not i'm not saying anybody has to do that that's not what i'm calling for by the way so everybody knows that's everyone's decision but just something to keep in mind that these things do affect people uh, even if you think the stakes are super low or you want to give everybody a pass. If you don't like what's going on, just join a different event. Very true. That's uh, what it comes down to. Let's see. Oh, we could we could end on an up note, though. An up note, Jake, which is the uh, we want to do another Q&A episode. So with uploading the old videos to YouTube, I came across episode 10 which was our Q&A episode that we did a while back. And I was like, you know what, Sean? You know, like, the meta is is there, and, you know, we're really waiting for rotation. We're waiting for Evolving Skies. I was like, why don't we do, like, another Q&A episode, you know, for one week? That would be that would be cool. That would be fun. Because um, you all seem to really enjoy the Q&A, and now that we've had almost 50 reviews, Right. We have a lot more listeners. I feel like we have a bigger audience so we can get more questions, things like that. So we're uh, we're starting to think about that. I just presented the idea to Sean like today. So um, nothing's really in the works of like how to submit questions and stuff. Um, we'll probably pull questions from like Twitter, YouTube, yeah. um, things like that. Make sure to follow us on Twitter specifically. Mm -hmm. Um because I have a feeling that I'll probably make a tweet on the Metapod Twitter um, that's like, hey, what should what are some questions that you may have? So at Metapod TCG on Twitter to go check that out. Thanks for uh, thanks for playing around. I saw some conversations of what is the official name of the Ice Rider Calyrex VMAX deck because everyone was talking about what the name is. And I thought it was hilarious. So I want to make that a tweet and it got some good interaction. So I appreciate y'all. I appreciate y'all for that. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I don't have anything else, Jake. I, I, I'm excited. I want to hear your questions, though, because I think last time, I think Kevin, a mellow Magikarp, sent us several questions in our last, in our original Q&A. So, it was uh, like mellow and Cashman. Yeah. So we got to see, got to see some of the other folks coming out of the woodworks and, uh, and asking yeah, us the hard the, questions. Oh, my God. That was the, is, is, uh. Is Pop Tart a ravioli? Oh, remember that yes. conversation? I do remember. That was that. mellow. That was mellow. <laughs> mm, so that's the bar to beat. Is Pop Tart a ravioli? That is your bar to beat, people. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, think of your questions now. You know, whether yeah. it's like, how do you think Sylveon Vmax is going to be, or like, Jake, what 
what tell me your origin story or something like that like how'd you get into pokemon like I, how many we're, nessa we're cards is too many nessa cards. as long as they're like not intrusive yeah yeah how many nessa cards is too many nessa cards i want somebody to ask that hey hey oh. hey all right well i think that's gonna wrap it up for today jake thank you for popping with me you have a great rest of the day you too